This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, what up, Mike? Yo, let me go on the state, uh, the record here to start. start the show. We start with shots fired. We just Nico's start the show it. with shots fired. Nico in the chat saying he canceled flow after last week's show. You know what? I did too, Nico. I canceled two weeks ago. My my subscription's up in I think October, November. They got me for the full year subscription, but uh, I am officially a member of Bowl TV. Uh, I encourage others to support bowling streaming in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Flow, obviously. I mean, I think the handwriting's on the wall there. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But, you know, we start off shots fired by Nico Puhar in the chat. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, join Bold TV for sure. Um, I'll probably grab their subscription before the PWBA um, this weekend. I know they're starting on Rockford, Illinois. But we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and, and some PWB action, but uh, I wanted to start off going on the record to say, yo, bowling is hard. Um, and I, I kind of been struggling a little bit with my own game. Uh, physically, I know that's just, right. I know that's right with the scores I, mean? I put out here publicly every week for the last 36 weeks. But yo, bowling's hard, man. Like, I've been practicing mainly in bowling, mainly uh, on a, a, everything sport, right? I haven't seen a house shot in, got in, you, in a while. Got you. Got you. And, dude, I'm really, really, like, like physically, I don't feel great. And uh, last week I went to the bowling center, practiced a little bit on, on the house shot, and struck for a year, Mike. A year. And I felt terrible throwing the ball down the lane. Um, and then when I go to, like, the performance – like center on string pins and on the shot. And then I go to these complete bowling events uh, in in Arizona here, and they're putting out 44 feet. And man, like it's such a different plan. And I know we always stress and we always talk about it. And I know we're getting a lot of emails in regards to it. But people, I want to I want to stress this, and I'll let Mike talk about his final week in his league review. I want to stress this. If you're if you consider yourself a bowler and a true bowler. Um, and you're not bowling at least one sports shot at least a month or practicing on a sports shot at least once a month, um, then you're really not bowling the sport the way it's meant to be b- played, honestly. The more I bowl on sport and challenging shots and the more I see how shots, the more I realize how two different level of two different aspects of the game it really is. And how the house in the easy shot bowling is, and I know oh, you like to use this word a lot, and I'll completely agree. Fraudulent. Say it, say it, son. Fraudulent. It say is. it, son. Say bowling the word, on, son, because that's what it is. Bowling on the house shot compared to bowling on a sport, any sport, I don't care what it is, is just fraud. It's not real bowling. I'll go out and say it. And the more I came back into the sport 
and the more I practice and bowl tournaments on sport, and then I go to a house shot, it realizes just how completely different of a playing field bowling on the house compared to bowling on sport. So we're getting deep into a quick mic, but I'm going to come back really- to you in a second. I'm coming back to you in a second on that. Hold that thought. Somebody has a question for you, Rob. Dom Rickard oh. in the chat. Rob, what time are you bowling in Las Vegas? The people want to know. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. I bowl Sunday of that Memorial Day weekend. I think our team bowls at 10 a.m. team. And singles and doubles, we bowl at um, – uh, actually, I got it confused. Sorry. Team event Sunday, we bowl 2.30 team event, I believe. And Monday, we bowl – uh, 10 a.m. or 11.30 a.m. singles and doubles. So you know what it I'm, is. I'm Go find the kid, say what up, sweep the rack, give him a shout. Nico wants to know, Mike, have I have you convinced the wife to let you go to Vegas for the tat? No, I'm out. <clears throat> I'm out. I can't do it. In fact, uh, I made plans with Bill to head up to the mountain house uh, while you guys are going to be bowling the tat finals like July 1st, 2nd, 3rd. I'm going to be up at the mountain house. So I'm out on the tat this year. I can't do it. I just got – I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm leaking money left and right, people. I'm leaking money left and right over here. Okay, I'm not even going to talk about it. Charlie Tap, what up? Saying what's up to the guys. Yo, good bowling well, well, out good there, out bro. Good out fifty. We, man. Yeah, we, we're, we, we're following out out there. Yo, and listen, uh, I want you to reach out. Text me. We talk through text. Text me because uh, sweep the rack. I want sponsorship of Charlie Tap. I want sponsorship of Charlie Tap. So reach out to me. I want to know how we how we could possibly make that happen. Uh, Rob, uh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. One or two more comments here I wanted to bring up. Anthony Battaglia, what's good? Uh, he says, Hal's looking really nice. Yeah, it is. The the training, Parker Bones Training Center at uh, at Hal Lane's, Rob, is looking super sweet, bro. Like, I was there on Saturday. I wasn't supposed to be peeking behind the curtain, but you know me. I had to peek behind the curtain. So uh, it looks phenomenal. Yo, I I can't wait. I can't wait to get in there, as a matter of fact. Like, I've told them numerous times, listen, like, when this is ready, text me when you're ready for, like, a real paying customer, you know, that you want a real review from, like, an honest review that I won't put online, that I won't, you know, release publicly, but I would be more than willing to pay and sit down afterwards and let them know, like, yeah, this is what I thought about the experience, but... I mean, from the looks of it, oh my goodness! New machines, new lanes, new new uh, specto, uh, new scoring. I mean, new approaches, everything, brand new, everything. I mean, uh, I'm, Yo, I'm super excited to get over there. Mike, our fans never forget when man, you just run over someone's front lawn one time, and then nobody forgets. I know, I know, I feel you, I feel you. So, Rob, I want to go back to uh, I want to go back to your comment before about the bowling being hard. And Yo, I asked, hey, Fernandez, what up, man? Hope all is well, bro. <laughs> I asked this question to a serious golfer um, who bowls on sport, bowls on house, and I asked him, I said, you know, we were talking about the difference that you were just talking about, about how much easier house is than sport and how the sport side is really like the, the, the real sport of bowling and the house is not. And I asked him, I said, you know, what changes would they have to make to golf to make it as easy as house bowling is to sport bowling? Thoughts on that? Like, like we started, 
Oh, balls. okay. Go there. Go there. Yes. Right, yes. Let's, let's go. So if you were to hit the ball out of bounds or slice it right or left, the ball would have a big there'd be walls, right? And yeah, so the ball like hit a, the wall. Like a metal shoot. Yes. Is what we okay. talked about. Okay. So, like so, imagine like a giant, a giant opening at the front, right? Where right. no matter where you hit it, it's going into this chute. And yeah. then it goes into the chute, right? Yeah. And as long as you get it into that chute, uh, it then goes to the green. And we also said that the hole funnel. would be as big as the green. The hole would funnel. be as big as the green. Oh, okay. A funnel. All right. That's interesting. So, so you like, hit on the green the, and then every would... <laughs> green, every green would slope down towards the hole. Something, so, something like okay. that. Right? All right. Okay. Okay. So Ten, bowling with the Fef is saying cup 10 foot diet. Cut 10 foot. Fef, do you know how easy these house shots are out of here, son? 10 foot diameter. Fef, not only would the, the hole need to be as big as the green, you would need the funnel to make sure that the ball goes to said hole. Okay. I mean, goodness so, gracious. I'm, I'm guys, they're more... easy out here, guys. Dude, I'm thinking like a guys. wall, right? Like Come two on. walls. And you hit the ball against the wall, like bumper bowling, right? But it would be for golf, right? Because there's no out of bounds in a league shot, right? So you'd have to have no out of bounds on a golf a, right. a golf hole, right? Right. So you you'd literally have no rough. It would be fairway. The whole the whole okay. the whole course would be fairway. Right. There would be no water and no and no bunkers. Right. Straight, it would be flat, and then the green would be really, really large, and maybe not as not a not as exaggerated as a funnel. But definitely the green would be flat and the hole would probably oh, be in the middle of the green. Yeah, I think the hole no would trees. be the size of the green. Like no it's kind of just wind yeah, up like and that. hit it as hard as you can. Wind no up trees. and hit it as hard as you can. Like just right. get it to the green in two shots, one shot. Just get it there yeah. and it's in the hole. I might be able to take my putter and hit it off a tee box and I, I, I honestly like hit it and probably make it even roll it up to the green. Like I mean, <sighs> really, what it comes down to, it, 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 it would be hilarious to see people would be, and then people would be taking uh, videos of them hitting hole in ones, and then they would be thanking their their golf clubs, hashtag Titleist, hashtag Taylor Made Nation, hashtag oh, I'm the best, I'm the greatest. I just hit my hundred and twentieth hole hole in one. one, right? Yeah, and then they I, would shot the at on TV. I shot at eighteen. I shot at eighteen. Okay, I shot an eight. You know, breaking news: someone shot an eighteen. You know, oh, and then here's the best part: is they'd be shooting sixties and sixty fives, and then watching uh, the pro golfers on TV and be like, "He, oh, he hit a sixty eight. I'm just as good as him. I should be on tour." You know, uh, oh, it would be just, it would be hilarious to see. Well, I mean, the, but the 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 sad part is that like this is what we've actually done with bowling. All right, nonetheless, <laughs> uh, we'll <laughs> we'll leave it you there for now. Um, but yeah, people want to hear the league review. <sighs> I didn't bowl all that well last night. My my, we had a sub and the sub bowled well. Uh, shout to Adam for subbing and my teammate Mike D. Bowled tremendously again. Shout to Mike D. He bowled tremendously. Like he he probably had the best back to back weeks that I've ever seen him bowl in this league. And I've been watching him bowl this league for like at least six years. So shout to him. He bowled pretty good. Uh, I went like 
Oh, God. The first game, I think at one point I had 70 in the sixth because I started out like split, split, miss spare, split. It was just disaster. And then uh, I switched balls and moved about 22 right. No, left. Sorry, left. And that worked a lot better. <laughs> I, <laughs> I worked a lot. I should have. You're right, Eddie. I should have used his ball. Uh, fans never forget, Mike. I know. I know. Forget. And, you know, that's why I'm here. I'm glad I'm glad I'm here to give the people the material. But uh, oh, you give me I, a lot of material. I switched balls. I moved like 22 left. And that looked a lot better. I almost threw the last five for 170, but I re- I <laughs> I went ring ten in the second one in the tenth. So I think I shot like 157 the first game, which was horrendous. And then the second game, uh, as usual, you know, I just I just let the transition get ahead of me. Didn't move left quick enough. Didn't stay with it quick enough. So like bold, okay. Um, what did I shoot the second game? I think I shot like uh, 180 or 190. And then the last game, yeah, I had about the same, about 180. Uh, so I, I was probably about 530 uh, for the night, 540, which is, you know, not good at all for me. I had gone back-to-back 600. Mr. X, Mr. X, uh, I believe his team finished in like third to last. It pained me that I had to go up and get our envelopes from the first half and give him an envelope with $160 in it. I'm glad we wasn't much more than, you know, $160. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Mr. X is coming back next year. I don't think, I think he's done with the sport leagues. I think he's going to stick to the house. Uh, but you know, I guess that remains to be seen. You know, listen, I'm going to be honest with all you folks. This was the most frustrating league season I ever had the bowl. Uh, I'm glad it's over. Uh, I text my teammate today uh, and told him, listen, enjoyed bowling with you. Had a great time. You know, even though it was a frustrating league season, it was a pleasure to bowl with you. But, yeah, it was it was a very frustrating league season for me, given all the all the drama and bullshit that was going on. And I'm glad that it's over. And I'm going to bowl for the summer. I got a few weeks off here. I'm still going to practice here and there over these couple weeks because I'm, I'm throwing it pretty good and I want to keep throwing it good. But uh, I'm going to bowl during the summer. And I'm just – I'm bowling the easiest and most convenient situation for me. You know, I'm going to bowl close to my house at Knob Hill in a sport league uh, on Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock. Good night for me. Uh, oh, uh, people are asking if I put the Mr. X rule in. No, we, we didn't discuss rules last night because people wanted to leave, get paid, and leave. So we're going to discuss them in September, but I will bring it up. Uh, you can so guarantee are we that. Moving, so are we moving our weekly show then? Since you have to uh, Probably. Out? Yeah, probably. We probably will have to switch it up for the summer. Um, okay. But, you know, we should we should take a look at, like, the PWBA schedule coming up, you know, and see, like, when, when their shows are. Maybe we could set it up so that we're, we're, uh, we're doing some wrap-ups of their shows. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that tonight, actually. But, yeah, listen, um, you know, it, it was a good league season. I like bowling league. I wish it wasn't 36 weeks straight. I wish, like, we could find a, a way to – uh, do league in a different way. We're actually going to bring Greg Tack on for uh, his tournament wrap up uh, later on in the episode. And yeah, that's likely something that will come up with him as well tonight. But yeah, I just wish that, that I would like to see like a once a month travel sport league. That's what I'd like to get involved in where you bowl eight games, you know, seven, eight games once a week, once a month, maybe even twice a month, but you travel around, you draw from a bigger geographic space. More guys are going to be interested you know, so we'll see where it goes. But uh, 
That's a wrap on the league season. Third, uh, I think we were like third to last in the first half, and then we were we finished in third for the second half. We swept last night. Uh, we we needed to win two games in totals, I think, uh, to to secure third, and we did a little bit more than that. So yeah, we finished the season pretty strong, you know, especially like we bowled some weeks with the blind and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I did not have a good season myself, but I am throwing it pretty good right now. I'm hoping to build on that. This was my first sports season back since COVID, so I'm going to write off you know some of it to that uh, as an excuse, I guess you could say. But that's it. It's a wrap on the league. But Rob, here's what I here's what I'm thinking for the summer. I'm going to videotape a lot of my matches for the summer, and we're going to we're going to use it for content on the show. I told you, I just I don't want to see you bowling. I, I wanted you to interview these people that you bowl okay. with. I will. I will. I absolutely will. I'm going to. I'm definitely going to try and provide some content uh, through through the league this summer. Yeah, what'd you end up average wise? You know, I don't even know. I'll find out. I'll email our league secretary. I'll find like, out. Like what? Like what do you think? Like what is your feeling? One eighty five, maybe even a little lower. One eighty two, something like that. Nah, eh, I think it kind of is to be honest with you. Honestly, I mean, if I'm I mean, not if I'm not one ninety, that's pretty bad. I feel like I should be one ninety five, closer to two hundred. It's but, not terrible. I, I mean, Rob, I missed. God, Rob, there were weeks where I missed. 70 pins worth of makeable spares. You know, I mean, that's 20 pins. That's 20 pins on your average for that week. So, mm -hmm. like, I, you know, I, I just, I look at I it. I mean, at least like, you know what no, you need to work on. Oh, yeah. yo, like, I mean, totally clear what I need to work on, you know. So, like, it's just, it's frustrating. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, good job, Meg. I, even lasting 36 weeks is probably about 34 weeks more than I would have lasted. Um, so, Wild. You know. Anyway, well, we appreciate right. the league wrap-up. Let's get to PBA action. Let's get to the real bowling. Enough of my nonsense. Let's get to the real bowling. Uh, yeah, Rob, man. PBA playoff semifinal took place this weekend on Sunday, on Mother's Day. I wasn't able to watch it live because uh, I was able to watch the first game of the first match live because I was going to Philly for Mother's Day, had some Mother's Day plans. I did bet on both matches. Talk about that in a minute. Uh couldn't watch it, came home, watched it right after I got home, stayed off social media, uh, had some texting going back and forth because of the bets. So I did know who won, but I didn't know really the, the circumstances under which they won, didn't see any shot highlights or anything of that nature. So um, uh, I have a lot of observations on this show. Uh, you want You want me to start out with something here, Rob? Yeah, let's go do it. Uh, it was kind of shocking to me to see such a high caliber of bowlers in such an important event on such a lane condition. And I know it was in a different house and, you know, things, things happen on the lanes, obviously I know that. So I'm not, I'm going to say that it was just shocking to see such low scoring on this show. I expected the scores on this show to be through the roof, through the roof, okay? And they weren't. Now, part of it to me was that, and I, I think I'm right about this, that the second match was bold on the burn. That the Jones-Johnson uh, Jones match, it was, uh, Rob, I'm pretty sure, because Tom Clark tweeted out a picture of the lanes afterwards and said, you know, 
this is this is the result of you know two 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 matches being bold. Okay. Okay. Um, so it was it was just really shocking to me to see such a low scoring environment in this particular uh, event with the caliber of bowler with what was on the line. Um, with that said, in the first match, I mean Prather, like what? Where does that come from? Yeah, he didn't pull well. I mean, all. he's normally like Lights shot out. maker. I mean, shot maker of the of the highest degree. Okay. Yep. And, yep. and Rob, I mean, they, he missed the head pin four times on the right lane. Yeah, he he was nervous. I think. No, I mean, is, you don't think no, so? No, no, no. Come on, I really. Chris Prather, nervous in that situation. Rob, he's won two or three tournaments for a hundred grand. You know, major so champion. Let me ask you. Like, so let won me ask the you. PBA playoffs before. So then, do you think it's because they tried to play him like they did at Kegel, and they weren't close to what they were trying to play like in Kegel? Because I think Listen, those balls would have hooked back at Kegel. If I had, if I had the, the answer to why. Uh, you know, I'd be a much better bowler myself. I don't know what the why is, but what I saw is that his ball reaction was required uh, extreme levels of accuracy down the lane. Extreme level. I mean, it seemed like if he if he got the ball just slightly right of where he wanted to, it was it was just going to keep going right. There was like a cliff on that lane uh, to Jim, some degree. I, I, I disagree, and I feel like this is the it wasn't the wrong ball in his hand, and I feel like that's the first thing people want to blame. I think Nico had more of a, a, a it was poor execution, honestly. Like he, I mean, you don't miss the head pin like that and blame the ball reaction, honestly. Like, you know, like, um. So I mean, yeah, it was surprising for sure. Scott in the chat saying that uh, the second match, the whole playoffs has been on the burn. Scott, I knew like. First of all, they presented the the previous matches a little bit differently. They presented them as like almost separate shows, so it was a little bit harder to tell. I knew that it was bold on the burn because you know I was I was following players and asking them about their experience out there. Um, it was just surprising to me that you get to this semifinal. You would think that you you know I, I don't know if I'm a player, I'd rather bowl the match on fresh. You know, I you know, I guess it was because well, of time constraints, but Prather, I don't how think much it's of a disadvantage was it for Prather to bowl not on the burn. Prather would have had a lot better of a shot on the on the burn. Do you I mean, think so though? Because I felt like that no, the way yes. they developed, the way they developed didn't didn't fit what he was trying to do. He, if mean, he, he would have done the same worse. thing, if he would have done played him the same way, even on the burn. I, I I I don't know. I don't think it would have been there either. I think he would have had to do something uh, somewhat different than than what his game plan was out there. But I mean, listen, honestly, it was shocking to see him to see him throw those shots. It really was. You know, he yeah. he he. I mean, he got two of the of the craziest breaks you will ever see on a PBA show. Okay, where he tripped the one two four. All right, and then yeah. he tripped the. Three three six nine, three six nine, three six nine. Just the no, it wasn't the three six nine ten. The ten wasn't there. It was just the three six nine. But let me ask you something though. Okay, look, like regardless, if you don't think it would the burn or not, if I'm going to bet on somebody bowling on a burn rather than the fresh, 
I would rather bet. I would take Prather all day on the burn over, over Kyle. Just on the way they throw the ball. I know. Like, I, Prather is better at standing left on the burn and just softing his hand and getting it to the right. Kyle has a tendency on the burn to probably his ball uses up a lot of energy quicker because Kyle's role is a little bit more end over end. So uh, I would take Prather any day of the week on the fresh over. On, okay, on yeah. I, I, one game match. Generally, I agree with you. The only the only way I would I would counter here is because of the way they specifically looked in this in this house on this pattern for Prather in this situation. That 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 would be my only counter there. Um, the spare shooting on this show, Rob. It's like an epidemic, man. It's crazy. Rob, spare, like- Prather goes at one point, flag the head pin right, miss the head pin spare left. I'm telling you, it's only it's got has to be nerves though, and you don't want to you know. blame it on nerves. But uh, Tommy Jones on, misses like, what a f- a four pin. AJ misses always, a two pin. Tommy always misses a spare in the show. Did though. Kyle miss a spare too? Did Kyle miss um, a spare as well? I can't. I can't maybe. recall. I can't. I mean, recall. It, hey, look, like I said, in Tommy's defense, he Tommy does m- manage to miss a spare at pretty much every show. <laughs> I mean, you know. It seems that way, at least. You know, now I'm not saying so, Tommy's a bad spare shooter, but and and I I want to be so clear about what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that the bowling was bad on this show. I I, I thought that you know what you saw, particularly in the second match, was a, really a battle of who could figure out the lane, the pair, and and who could who could you know figure out both lanes and make a good enough shot on that particular lane to to not open. To a certain degree, I felt like in that, particularly in that second match. Um, so I'm not saying that the bowling was bad on these shows, but what I'm saying is that I was just surprised to see such a low scoring environment. Again, given the pattern, what we saw from this pattern, I know it was in a different bowling center, but also given the quality of the players that were in this semifinal, right? Because we only had 16 starting in this playoffs. So you were really, you know, you were getting quality players no matter what it came down to, right? So um, well, interesting to me. Interesting to me. So, Kyle Troop beats Prather, right? Two zero, and, and Troop is undefeated in this bracket. Okay, he hasn't he hasn't even lost a, a game. Tough bracket in this too. Bracket, man. right? Tough I know. Too. I know. So that's super impressive. He he beats Prather. Uh, he goes on to the final. The other match uh, comes down to the comes down to the roll off, right? And you know, like I said, AJ. I don't think he made that bad of a shot in that situation. It looked he it said, looked pretty good to me. He it, he it definitely good. thought it was good. Okay, but open. I mean, to two four eight ten on that shot was a bit much. I thought it was a huge penalty to pay on that shot, in my opinion. You know, so he loses on that shot, and Tommy Jones advances. Okay, kind of kind of easily. I thought didn't AJ go through the nose though? He didn't two four eight ten. I swear he went dead face. Am I wrong? Tell us I in the chat. Went, I'm pretty sure he went I'm, dead Am I face. thinking about an earlier shot? I might be thinking about an earlier shot. Because I shot. remember he he threw it really good, and the ball just completely just kind of took off early on him. Okay, he well, dead, he went dead face. My, my point about that shot still stands. I might have the details, the, the semantics. Yeah, I mean, uh, still he threw there. it good, and he didn't. He, I he felt like it was, a, it was a good shot, 3, 6, 7, 10. Okay. Uh, I felt like yeah. it was it was a good it was a good shot where he paid a high penalty for that shot in that situation. 
So Tommy Jones, you know, gets up and uh, and he kind of wraps up the uh, the the other spot in the finals there uh, easily in that roll off. So you got Tommy Jones against Kyle Troop. I mean, this is a great matchup, Rob. Like, if you're a bowling fan, you, you really can't ask for much more. Uh, I I kind of I mean, Kyle's got a Kyle has to be the favorite here. Look, I know Tommy, and they always talk about being a Hall of Famer. And yes, Tommy is an amazing player in his own right. He's a Hall of Famer. He's won all these titles, right? Majors, all of it. But at this moment, at this tournament, how could you bet against Kyle Troop? I hear you. Let me make a case. Sure. They're going to be bowling on the fresh. Kyle Troop used urethane on the fresh in this last show. Chances are Tommy Jones is going to be using urethane on this next show. And I, I you know, I, I would actually take Tommy Jones throwing the purple hammer over Kyle Troop throwing the pitch black. No. Okay. I, I completely disagree with that. Okay. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's my view on the match. I'm I'm saying yeah. uh, I'm playing devil's Thomas advocate, advocate here man, sure. in terms of uh in terms of you know presenting an argument to you. Uh, so let's talk about the final format because it's a different format. So let's it is, it is. Here. It's it's four games, okay? Four games, race to three. So if one if one player wins three games, the match is over. If they split two two, it goes uh, ninth and tenth frame roll off. That would be the best case scenario for at least entertainment purposes is for them splitting two two and then settling a hundred thousand dollars in a title on a ninth and 10 frame roll off. That would be pretty sick. I mean, it would be, it would be an appropriate way for this, uh, for this event to end too, because a lot of these matches have been decided by, uh, by that format. And it has been a great event. I agree with you. It has been. And I like the format and it's easy for people that aren't bowlers to follow the bracket. Uh, You can make your own picks. I do feel like, you know, maybe we'll talk once the tournament's over I feel like the PBA could have still done a better job, like marketing the bracket, uh, maybe running some kind of contest or uh, free giveaway for someone maybe who picks a perfect bracket. Um, I feel like they could involve the fans more uh, and they could have, you know, done a little bit more promoting the event. Um, Maybe some we'll see what they look like for the finals. I'd like to see them do a little bit of a a more of a pre-show interview the bowlers. I mean, really try to make it a vet this finals. And I don't see any kind of marketing. I don't see any kind of advertising. I just don't, I just don't see it. And it just kind of still bothers me that they don't really do a good job on that aspect of it. Yeah. I actually made a note while I was watching the show that uh, the PBA should run the player promo videos in Bolero centers, like regularly, like those should be something that you see playing in Bolero centers regularly, you know, especially during leagues you know, during tournaments, things of that nature. Uh, Chris bringing up an interesting point, uh, generally saying that Tommy Jones is likely going to be the dog in this match. I mean, Prather was the dog against Troop in, in this other match, and I thought that was definitely interesting. So you know Jones is going to be the dog in this match. And I agree, Chris. Like, if you're getting decent decent odds on Tommy Jones, it's tough not to uh, not to take that. Yeah, but, I mean, Kyle's undefeated in this event. He's defending champion. I mean, how do you bet against that? Even I mean, yes, you take the odds two to one, right? But 
I was going to say why there's two to one, Mike. Robert Hamilton, great point. I was going to say to counter that, uh, I believe Tommy Jones won the Bolero Elite Series in this house, in the same place. So yeah, but the Bolero Elite Series, come on, that's not even a tournament, man. What is that? Well, I mean, that's, that's you free don't money winning, is what that was. You don't think winning a hundred grand in a place, you know, may, gives you a certain sense of confidence in that bowling center? The Bolero Elite Series. Come on, what? That's okay. not even a turn of it, man. What was okay, that? It was like a circus. Enough. It was a hundred thousand dollars circus. circus. <laughs> Actually, the a- Kyle Troop made the final of the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar one, and and, and uh, lost. So free money, you know, free money for those guys. Uh, I love it. You imagine being a league bowler who lucked into that two hundred and fifty thousand? They'll never Dude, do that I- again. Look, I love the fact that they're giving these players a chance to win all that money. Good. You know, a lot of the players, we, we we want them to win the money. But to say he's undefeated, bowling for all kinds of money because of the Elite Series, let's, I, let's get I real. I just Come always on, felt man. Like, no, listen. I just always felt like if I had a win of, of any kind in a bowling center and I had that good vibe walking in, that it at times gave me confidence, helped me bowl better especially as opposed to having a bad experience in a bowling center, you know, and feeling like, uh, you know, you, you had the bad vibe walking in. So it's, it's just a, just a counterpoint to what you were saying. Uh, so it sounds like you'd be pretty heavily on Kyle Troop in this match. Yeah. I'm hoping there's, I'm hoping there's a, a real good chance that they're giving me even money on Kyle. Okay. I'm really hoping that they, the betters are the people setting the odds aren't looking all they're looking at is Tommy Jones being a Hall of Famer and these titles and they look at his name and I'm really hoping I get even money on on Kyle cuz I'll I'll throw you know I'll throw money on Kyle okay no that in my mind all right so Rob that's going to be a wrap on our uh on our PBA playoffs talk for this week obviously we'll be watching the final this weekend uh, I'll probably have to catch this one taped again. I got a dance competition for the girls in AC this weekend. Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Is that going to be on Big Fox? I would imagine Big Fox. Yeah, Big Fox. Uh, Which is a great so, – first, let me – let me, let me. me. last week was a shitty time slot, okay, because it was Mother's Day, and a lot of people were out celebrating their wives and their mothers. Rightly, you know, they should be doing that, you know. Um, but if um, this Sunday for the finals, I don't think there's really anything going on at that time slot that is – really worth noting maybe some playoff basketball but like what a good time slot for a finals for a hundred thousand dollar event a sunday at 2 p.m eastern standard time i think it's a it's personally it's a really good time slot for bowling you know if 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 there's nothing going on okay fair enough all right rob one more uh quick topic of conversation here before we bring on greg tack not only for uh his tournament review, but also we're gonna we're gonna hey some- word hey on Greg Tack events real quick uh, before he could defend himself. What you got word um, on the street? You got word yeah, on word, the street, Rob. Word word on the street is his events are getting soft. Is the shots getting soft? <sighs> I heard there was an eight an eight thirty or something on his shot. Um, man, I'm gonna have to bust his balls a little bit. I hear I hear I hear they're walled up now these days. So we'll have to get him on and let him defend himself. Man. Oh man! Shots I'm on fire tonight. All right, so uh, P- PWBA kicks off this week, Rob. Oh yeah, I I saw Brianna actually at the Performance Center. Um, so I was talking to her a little bit about the tour, and uh, what a, it sounds like they got a pretty great tour like lined up right now. Um, you know they're all over the place. I mean they go to Long Island, they go to Florida, they're going to Rockford, Illinois this week. 
Um, they go pretty much they're going all over like a real tour should be instead of the men's tour just always going to Vegas and Reno. I feel like they're just going back and forth between Vegas and Reno. They're um, going to be on uh, CBS Sports Network for some live shows. Good, good for them. Good, happy. Um, but will there be betting, Mike? Yo, that's the question I want to know. Can we get some betting on PWBA bowling? I mean, can somebody from well, USBC reach out to DraftKings? Not Fox Sports Bet, prop, prop, <laughs> please, please, because they stink. Uh, but can we get somebody Honestly, like DraftKings look, or FanDuel or, or MGM and, uh, or Caesar? Right, somebody oh, you know who know, who's like really got this player? down pat and get some okay, betting on hold. women's bowling. That would be dope. Uh, look, okay. How about letting people bet who live outside of like two states? Okay. How about letting people bet like me who's in Arizona who could bet on anything else or people in Vegas? Wouldn't that be a shocking event if they could bet on bowling in Vegas? God, like if any bowling, if any professional bowling needs betting, the women need it more than the men. Okay. The women need to have more. Uh, interest and more exposure and more people involved in it financially to get more people to follow along. And if you put live betting on for these shows, people will start watching women's bowling. And I guarantee you, I mean, it ain't going to like blow the ratings out of the water, but it'll help. It's not going to hurt, right? Agreed. Yo, agreed. I would love to have it. All right. Uh, well, good luck to the ladies. Safe travels to the ladies kicking off the tour. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to try and cover it. We're going to try and, uh, so I got bowl like TV. We're going to try and do see. some rundowns and talk about the tournaments, you know, maybe have some guests on, et cetera. So we're working on that. Yes. Is, is, um, is Jillian Martin, is she bowling on the tour? Do we know? Is she, cause I think no she's idea. The, no idea. To, to me, she's the, um, person that the PWBA needs to to have success more than really anybody on the PWBA tour. Okay. She could be eventually like their I would say what Tiger Woods. I mean, I'm not going to go as oh. far as say she's going to bring oh. that much exposure. But dude, she's uh. something else, man, and she's young and she's exciting to watch. So No, it's like going need- it's it's going to have to be the 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 uh, a two-handed female. You guys want to make a couple of PWBA player predictions? Ooh. Mike. Brianna, right? She's the reigning player of the year. Um, well, the, the way they did it was so goofy. Honestly, Jeff, I don't oh, even yeah, want to yeah. give predictions. Uh, it, it, was it was so it was goofy. Tough. Like the it person was. who should have won should have been the, the Stephanie Z- uh, Z- Zavala. Zavala. She should have won. I mean, she whacked him. Yeah, she should have won. So she didn't bowl yeah. events, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna refrain on that one. Jim. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's bring on friend hey, of the I, show. Hold on. No, wait, Mike, 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 Mike. Oh my goodness. I, sorry, I would pull up Nico's comment here, but I don't want to. I, I don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nico, you might want to edit that typo that you made about her uh, at the U.S. Open. Just FYI. Um, okay, let's bring on Greg to talk about his easy shot events. All right, um, friend of the show, repeat guest. On. Let's bring him on, hear about his events. Greg Tack, what, what are you, in your car, son? <laughs> so I got a, I got a 
pull up some. I gotta pull up some facts for Rob's little little spew there. No, um, don't, don't, average. don't. Wait, hold on, hold on. This is my show. Don't ignore my question. Your show. Are you are you in your car? <laughs> I am in my car. Oh I'm my, my goodness! Car. I was just, oh man! I was just focused. I was just focused on that. That Rob Greg made him soft comment. Um, he hates it so Shirley, much. I love it. And and surely, I mean, you're not going to be the one to pay for that. All the bowlers who bowl the next few events are going to pay for that comment. Scores are just going to be love it. through the through the lower roof. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but somebody did. Eric Kornog did whack him for a few games. No, what he shoot? What was it? He- Eight thirty, huh? Yeah, he shot. Uh, he shot nine. He shot two ninety, two seventy nine, two seventy eight. It's the highest three game series in a row ever by Andrews for bowling by over fifty pins. Rob, I told you. See, I said it had to be at least at least forty pins as the highest series ever bowled in one of his tournaments. Okay, well, you know, hey, Eric Cornock, great player, great player. First of all, local player, great player, lefty, lefty. Uh, Bowls regionals, accomplished player. And what was the pattern, Greg? The pattern was 29 feet, 23 mils. That's a big set. Um, that's right? A you, set, right? I mean, you know, so like, you know, but lefty who loves but, to play yo, but, crack, I get it. So word got back to me that all the East Coast players found out that Greg Tack, someone shot this big 830 set, and now they're coming out in droves to bowl next event because of the, everyone <laughs> – thought they were they're gonna be so easy that he's gonna have like 300 entries next to that because people think he's putting out a house. <laughs> I uh I, I think I should put out a house shot one time and see how many people stay the next time. Oh, oh see that's funny. The opposite effect I wish every tournament director had the like that mentality where they put out a hard easy shot and people wouldn't show up. Good <laughs> lord that would be amazing for the sport. Um I wa- right. I wonder if 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 that would have an effect that I would think it would where we I the, the Chaco series did it where they were putting out easy stuff and then they gradually got harder but the bowler stayed. Okay. So Greg, in the same weekend, you ran the friction marathon, which was the one we were just discussing where the scores were a little bit higher. Uh Eric Kornog won that event. No, Jason Kornog, sorry, he's a brother named Eric. Jason Kornog, who we discussed, bowled really well. He won that event, correct? He did. Uh, Jason won it. Uh, came down to the end of the, the match. He was the only lefty who made the final. And it came down to the match with John Fury to the eighth frame. And uh, John John had to go for it. Didn't uh, didn't didn't end up uh, winning, but he, he gave it a good fight. And the interesting thing about the title match is both players' feet were on the center dot sliding. So they were playing the same parts of their respective lanes. Okay. And then the following day, uh, you you held a frictionless marathon. That is that that's right. We had 48 feet, 38 mils out on the lanes. 30, 39.8 mils on the lanes. <laughs> that's silly, right? Rob, Rob. <laughs> Dude, I would bowl so bad on that pattern. I can't even explain to you. You know what that sounds like, Rob? On that pattern, that, that sounds like the oil spill at the Youth Masters that we went through. Oh, That's what that God. sounds like. Forty-eight feet with how many mills? Thirty-nine point eight. Good lord, Jesus! The ball be spinning. 
the surface. I can't even imagine the scuffing and surface pads that were going down that lane. People were still trying to probably play urethane too. That's the funny thing about it. So uh, it it was what it was a very rare instance where no one was throwing urethane, and um, we had it. It was not necessarily the people with the biggest rev rates that won it. Yeah, I can't. It does. Yeah, because usually the people with the higher rev rates are not the most accurate. Honestly, they they, they you need a little bit of area when you have that much rev rate. So it, it actually definitely favors the more accurate player on a 40 on that much oil, in my opinion, because you're just going to be probably trying to play like down and in really just standing on 10 and just trying not to like throw it. I mean, essentially until, until, until that spot develops, right? I don't and know then, if it ever would develop, did it? I mean, did a spot develop, Greg? Was there some hook out there by the end of the day? There was hook, but it was it was the hook you don't want where you, you get the ball right and you're throwing it so slow that it reads uh, so early that you end up splitting. And okay. over and under. If you didn't see uh, it, it was over under type of hook. Oh, uh, the okay. cliff. You didn't <laughs> you miss left and the ball washes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds ball, so ball, miserable. Uh, ball stands ball stands up in in the middle uh, the burn was awful i'm surprised people would shoot over 200 on some of those but they 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 found a way uh, to to shoot there were a couple of matches that had a lot of strikes in them with mcnichol and heckman they had like 240 230 match and their balls are are doing different things uh if you if you miss like by one board sometimes they're yeah. doing different well, things so okay Jerry, so some somebody Jerry in the Jerry chat Johnson is, wants a, to know yeah, what the, is asking what the, the cut, cut was for each event so each event we had uh, we had a a a, a final four of sorry the the final four the the final eight and the final twelve uh, we had twelve bowler bracket each day and uh, the first the first day we had an an eight we had an eighty six plus uh, to make the top twelve uh, which came out to about a two two fourteen two fifteen average Ooh, for the for the easy, for the game soft. Soft. Uh, <laughs> the buy the buy was just under uh the buy was just under 229 average. Um and that was Saturday. Uh cut to cash was plus 23, I believe. Um, which is just barely over a 200 average for seven games. Then Sunday, the leader was plus 61. Um, and the cut to for the final the the top four got a buy. The the cut for fourth was 40, 48 over, and then the cut to the finals was minus 23. Now, that sounds like a great tack tournament. Well, it's safe to say where the bowlers these days are so used to bowling on friction that sure. they have the equipment and they have the, the 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 better odds of bowling better when there's friction. It's rare you see 48 foot 39 mils these days on anything or anywhere. So people had to be accurate and that's not where the game is these days yeah people people when you put a for lack of a better way to say when you put all types of bowlers on very tough conditions they make them tougher by bowling differently on them so you move pair to pair and it is a it is a shit show for lack of a better term a crap a crap shoot yeah Mm. shit show i mean it happens at the tat every year Yo, they put out a you, pattern of the tat. Yeah, well, they do. But what happens at the tat is you're mixing it with a handicap, right? 
So essentially you have half the tournament or three quarters of it is our handicap division. And then you have a lot more, you have scratch too, and you all mix it in. So you have a mix of any kind of handicap tournament in a scratch environment with the lane conditions being Kaggle pattern. They, they're, they're making the lanes a thousand times harder. And the, the pair to pair cross when you're bowling at the Orleans or the South point, which is a 60, 70 lane center is, is brutal when you're crossing 20, or 10 pairs every every game. So, so that's, that's what makes to, them so hard. It's hard to predict. Wow. Oh, it, yeah, because you can't run down and no. see, oh, you know, which style's playing here and where. Nope. And nope. 10 pairs, 12 pairs up. crosses. Yeah. So it's that's why they're so hard. They could be easy one pair. And then when you get to the next pair and you're like, Jesus Christ, what bone center was I bowling in? I mean, it's just how that's what it goes. Really, it's that different. Um, so yeah, man, I get it. And you're right, though. The bowlers do make them hard. That's why the, the professionals are so good at being all playing the same part of the lane and making the shot so much easier for themselves as they keep bowling. You know, I think so. that was why. Yeah, Saturday was so much easier because uh, they they all they didn't really have a choice. You couldn't play many places but outside. So right. you're, you're absolutely right. They, yep. It had to develop that way, and not that it developed like a professional environment, but they they definitely opened up. You could see by the field average just gradually going up as the day went on. But field average at both events were under 190 for the whole day. Um, so I, I can't say that I can't say that they were walled, uh, despite despite what our our man Rob thinks. Soft I don't, from the I don't know. street. I don't know where Rob's getting. I don't know where Rob's getting his information from. Oh, I can't. I, I got. I got the inside. I got the inside scoop going down in New Jersey bowling, sport bowling. Uh, Greg was the guy. The last time we were in South Jersey for one of your events, there was a gentleman there who bowled backwards. Was he there again? He was not there this time, but mm. I always reach out to him. I, I love. I love seeing him and bowlers like him come out and bowl because they they love they they love the challenge i love to see all different styles play and and uh it was really cool when when he almost won a high game pot the way he was bowling oh i know okay uh we we have i I was amazed we have a segment here at sweep the rack that we do and we bring greg on and uh we call it deep thoughts with greg tack uh because greg is a is a is a very uh a very deep thinker up Oh, did we lose Greg? Oh, oh, geez, I thought we lost him. It's, it's just the spirit his, of Greg Tack. It's just, yeah, in. it's just his interior light going on and off or something. Yeah. Um, uh, so we do deep thoughts with Greg Tack because Greg is a deep thinker, and you know, at times we like to think deeply. Mostly, we speculate about uh, do drama around here, but from time to time, we like to think deeply about the game of bowling. Uh, so here's the topic we have tonight, gentlemen, that we're going to discuss. We, Rob, you and I briefly brought it up over the last week or two but we'll get a little bit deeper into it here but I'm, I'm i'm capping this conversation at 10 minutes all right because i'm exhausted i've been working on my pool all afternoon okay and i am a human with a job and i want to get to bed at a reasonable time okay so i'm going to hear thoughts i want to hear from whoever first greg rob whoever wants to go and then i will uh, i will have the last say here the topic of conversation for deep thoughts with Greg Tack is this. Is this a prime time in bowling, in the bowling community, to start an alternative sanctioning governing body 
that strictly deals with the sports side of the game. My my deep thoughts on 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 this subject are picking up the research side of the the sports side of the game, educating people on the game, and it's actually something I'm starting to do with our organization. And bowlers are gonna they're gonna they're gonna have a couple of maybe maybe not surprises, but a, a couple of cool things that we're gonna roll out on the field average was this the field started here based on people who responded to surveys so we're going to take two surveys at every tournament and say where did you start the day and where did you end the place so our goal is to is to scientifically prove oil depletion and scientifically prove lane topography with data to back it and i'd love to share that with the the world there are a couple of governing bodies that have their different purposes um the tmba the uba um the pba and the usbc um the a the abt there are several there are several of them that i i'm not thinking of at the top of my head but they all have their different purposes and a lot of them are still sanctioned with the usbc um so i i don't necessarily know uh what that looks like i've worked for the usbc in the past and i i have a lot of respect for the people who work for them and a lot of respect for the organization. Um, but there's definitely an opportunity to start picking up the, the sport research side and to, to really take an educational stance on, on the game. Uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunities there to, to show people what, how, how complex our game is. I don't know if, I don't know if the sport does it justice right now, how anybody can play. And it's it's so dang technical. There's so much going on. Well, all right, Rob, you want to respond to his comments before I give you uh, some time to give your thoughts here? Uh, I, I think I, uh, Greg is 100% right in the last part of his statement where I don't think – when I talked about it before Greg Earlier, was yeah. on here about how the two levels of game are completely on the two different planets right now. Doing the interview with Chad Murphy came to light about really how much more they're on the business side of things at the USBC than they are worrying about the competitive side of it. Is that safe to say, Mike, in our interview? Agreed. I think we could we could agree on that point where everything we talked about and you know the competitive side. Now, would I like the USBC to maybe start? I, I, I don't know if it's something where you want to have a whole new sanctioning body because I don't know anybody who would put time and money to have a national governing body that everybody would, you know, say, well, this is, you know, this competitive side of things. And this is, you know, USBC is the, the business side of things, whatever it is. I think, though, there needs to be maybe a branch or a separate entity to the USBC that does focus on how to grow the competitive side of the sport, how to get the BPAA, the USBC, the PBA, and whoever else on how to grow the competitive side of bowling. I definitely think there needs to be more time and money and effort and marketing and advertising spent on that side of the game than the BPAA, obviously, what they want to focus and their proprietors, they want to focus on making money from their bowling centers. So I think there there needs to be 
separated and it needs to be uh, expanded on. Yes. It's okay. gotta be a, a money, a money value to the game. And you've, you've gotta, you've gotta find it being valuable. There's so many opportunities that are, that are being missed when you have people who bowl another house league in another condition. And then, then they go buy a bowling ball. What about the, the side of the game that people want to, to get better and practice and go into the center. I don't know if that's being incentivized right now. And if it could be, I think centers would make it and would absolutely make a buck for, for incentivizing practice. But I don't know if it is, I think it's just go out and buy a ball and you'll be able to strike a lot more. I, I, that, that's just my opinion. Oh, you're, you, okay. You're a hundred percent right. But let me tell you why you're both wrong. Okay. And what you said. You're both wrong in what you said because no matter what governing body you want to mention, all right, with the one exception of the PBA, none of those governing bodies uh, has has done a good enough job of controlling the integrity of the scoring pace of the game. Okay, all those organizations you mentioned, Greg, some of them very good organizations, some of them I'm not that much of a fan of, but all of those organizations have allowed the the, the bowler that wants to compete on the recreational conditions to have that option if they want to, right? What I'm talking about is another governing body, another organization that is strictly for those who want to bowl on the other side of the game, the more challenging side of the game. Yes, Greg, the side of the game that makes you want to practice, the side of the game where you have to educate yourself about what's going on out on the lanes or you will not get better, okay? The side of the game where honor scores really mean something, okay? You know, I've bowled my sport league on Tuesday nights for numerous years now. I've seen 1-800 in those, in those years, okay? So, like, that's that's what I'm saying. And I do think that the timing is right right now. I think that the timing is right to kind of create that fracture, create that split. And, and you know, what I would envision here would be a serious grassroots movement, you know, where maybe you're only talking uh, about a, a couple a couple leagues, a few leagues, a handful of leagues across the country that are identified and connected by the strong connections in the small bowling community. Okay, so maybe you have five, six, seven leagues where through the connections in the bowling community, all these seven, eight people decide they're going to run a league. They're going to sanction with this new governing body. We're going to choose what patterns we bowl on. We're going to we're going to certify that the patterns are the real, that they're that they're the actual patterns. And then we're going to give out awards and things of that nature based on just those seven leagues, even if that means it's only 200 people in the organization, whatever that means. You know, that's the kind of movement I'm talking about. But that's what we need in bowling right now. That's what bowling needs. Bowling needs that type of grassroots movement to get more of these these leagues out there, more of these sport opportunities out there to show people the other side of the game. Guys, do you know what happens? And, Greg, you know what happens. Rob, I think you know what happens. Do you know what happens when people go and bowl the sports side of the game that are that are really into bowling, that really love the game of bowling and, and are passionate about it? Do you know what happens when they go and they bowl on the tougher stuff in most instances? Yeah, it makes them want to quit. They, they, they get discouraged. You think so? I don't think so. Sometimes. I think that, 
I, I, I disagree so, with you, Rob. I think that go they, ahead, go ahead, I think go they, ahead, I, it depends on, depends on the, the organization and, and all the drama that goes with it. There are some organizations that I see, there's so much drama that goes with it. It makes them want to quit. They, they get intimidated out of it, but if you do it right, they, they want to get better. They want to learn. They want to ask questions. And by the way, there has been one organization around Mr. Mr. Sweep the Racks, guys, uh, that has controlled the pace and has won 308 years. And you're looking at the CEO of that organization. Yeah, but uh, okay, fair enough. But you're you're a tournament organization as opposed to uh, a, a league organization, right? A governing body in a sense. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that your events are, are like a good starting place to find the people that want to do this, you know, to find the people that, that want to be involved in a grassroots movement like this. Um, Rob, I, I agree with Greg wholeheartedly. I think that people do want to get better. But Rob, here here's what happens. They go too long without ever getting real help. You, you, you feel me on that? Like like bowlers are kind of pricks in that way where instead of instead of trying to help the person and trying to give them advice and, and help them get better, they're, they're probably just going to let them struggle and beat them and take well, their money. Look, we talked about this in plenty of shows where the lack of bowlers finding the actual right help with the people who actually know what they're doing are, are very rare in, in, in the sport these days. Um, you go to your local pro shop, and it's 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 not uncommon for a guy who works the pro shop to not know really what they're doing when it comes to that side of the game. You know what I mean? Like going to a pro shop and ask him, you know, maybe you want to do Langle layout or you want your finding your pap. I mean, you'd be surprised how many pro shop people don't know how to do that. So when you're asking in these local centers and all across the country, and you're telling people that they're going and bowling on these sports shots. If they're out and they're not getting the right help, well, there's probably not the people around them to give them the right help. They may be getting the right but, information. But maybe maybe part of the help and the information has to come from the actual governing body. You know, from yeah, the actual well, from that actual place in the sport. You know, B, B, uh, BJ Mattingly here saying, I find the people that would join sport leagues are too spread out. I hear you. You know, I, I think you either have to start small with a very small group of people and try and draw others in or, you know, perhaps create some sort of travel environment where people travel to different places, maybe less frequently than ever, every week. I would love a situation like that, but Greg, go ahead. As the guest, we're, we're going to give you the last word here on this uh, before we get you out of here. So go ahead. I gotta, I gotta say that the pattern side of, of bowling has so, so many opportunities and, and you could really show, uh, what what the bowling ball does when it hits the lane and and turns over and it's not just the pattern that goes out on the lane it's the gravity that's underneath the lane and and once we spread the word about all this uh, and NJ Sport Bowling is going to start to do a lot more research uh, with with this side of the game um, I I. I can't go as far as saying we're, we're going to start our own governing body because uh, of comments I've made previously on this segment, but uh, we're definitely going to expand on the research that's been started. And uh, we definitely want to include topography and lane patterns in that. We want to get people's opinions. We want to get people's data 
in terms of their lane play and how they view the patterns. And, and we, we want to, we want to get some ideas as to, you know, what is the majority of the field throw on 33 feet? Do they throw surface or do they throw polish? And what do the numbers say? I, I think bowlers would be really interested in that stuff. Yeah. I don't even, I don't know. I don't know if that's the important information so much as what did the successful players do? Like if you're going to take that information, you're going to attach it to the standings. Then I think that's something that's like, okay, now, now somebody can look at that and learn and say, well, look what I did versus what they did. Right. But if you're not going to attach it to the standings, then I don't know how helpful it is. And I don't know that the better bowlers would want you to attach it to the standings because you're kind of giving away the secret sauce to a degree there. But listen, that is the that's the that's the rock in a hard place situation. But okay. if you want the game to grow, everybody's going to have to give a little bit. Okay, you know uh, Robert Hamilton here with a with a profound comment. He says Greg needs to partner with the PBA with a pattern. The PBA needs a new pattern for these bo- these pros to bowl on. They are too used to the same pattern. No matter how many times they try to Mike, change them, let me respond here. The PBA knows how to put out hard patterns. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. Do they want to put out the hard patterns? Is the question. Do they Obviously, want to put out something very? You know, Greg. No, what I would what I would love to see more more research on Greg and and your organization would be a good place for it. Would be like trying trying to find a way to get the the integrity of the pattern to hold up over longer amounts of time. You know, whether that means experimenting with the pattern itself, experimenting with different oils. You know, whatever that might be, I don't know. I just think I think that's a that's quite a big issue uh, in the bowling community as well. But listen, we're running out of time. We still have to do worst of the week, so I'm going to get you out of here. You know, you're welcome here anytime. You could just text me and say you want to come on, and we'll come on and kick it. When when's your next event? I know it's the Greg Rodigan Memorial. Yes. June June fifth is that event, and uh, it's a great fundraiser for a great man who who was in our game, and and uh, he got me started in this whole thing. May he rest in peace. We've raised uh, four thousand a year for the American Heart Association, and uh, if you would like to come bowl or you'd like to contribute, let me know. Thanks everybody for thanks for having me on the show, you guys. It's it's fun uh, kicking it with 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 Big Mike and Brooklyn Rob, even though Brooklyn Rob will never show his face at one of my events. because Oh, too, don't challenge Rob. Chicken. Don't challenge Rob. Rob will show up and win win one of those jaunts. I'm not I, even I got, kidding. I, I, I got my own issues right now in my bowling game. I'm working through it, but, you know, <laughs> uh, you, ne- you never know when you see me pop in. No, Rob got game, Greg. Rob I'll got fly, game. I'll fly out to you, Rob, and run something. Hey, come on out, man. I'm I, I can I, I have the hook up here. So you could go to B3, we could run pot games. That sounds great. All right. <laughs> String pins though. So gentlemen, thank you very much for having me. Greg, Thanks, fun Greg. as always. I'll see you in an event soon. All right, Rob. Let's give the people what they want. Yes, sir. We're gonna do it big tonight. I, you want to go? I want to go. Who wants to go? Yeah, I'll go. Um, it's mine's a quick one, and it's just really funny. Uh, big shouts to Daniel Cordero for sending us to Sweep the Rack Facebook. Uh, our fans these days are giving us more worst of the week content that I could actually find, 
even though I find them every day. Um, the, the, the sadness and uneducation of bowlers uh, is uh, funny yet sad in a weird kind of way. Um, worst of the week goes to Joseph Garcia from the Brunswick Bowling Fans. Um, his post, and by the way, Nico, that is really funny, but Kyle's is funny like that. He, he, he'll make fun of himself. Um, real quick, his post, I have a chip in my ball. And it has a four-year warranty. I'm pretty sure would that cover it for a new one? This is I can't. You know what? We should do worst of the week, Mike. Real quick, I'm going to go in a little small tangent here. It's a dime. It's a bowling ball, not a diamond. The bowling ball companies who deal with these people who are reaching out to them, like the customer service representatives of Storm and Brunswick probably have a, a a vault full of worst of the week oh yeah that they, could you imagine all these customers that are reaching out to them yeah. to get new bowling balls or to complain about their about ball not hooking? Right. right the gold in the vault is amazing you just, you just gave me an idea we should be the one to call we should call and <laughs> And make some complaints. I got some serious issues with you people over there. Dude, I mean, I'm, ter- I mean, I'm talking jerky boy style calls to some ball manufacturers. Yo, work. I worked in the pro shop for a couple of years, and I'm telling you, some of the gold oh, that you have working I mean, in the pro it shop. It was like I hung out in a pro shop for so many years, and it was just absolute hilariousness what people would come in with. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. That'll be a whole nother. I think maybe that'll be another like uh skit we do, you know, where we, we, we talk about customer pro shop stories. Pro shop stories. Yeah. All right. All right. Mike, here's, here's, here's mine. It's from the hammer bowling message board. It's David Scribba. David, congratulations. You won worse. Congrats, week this week. David Scribba. Here's his post quote of the day. Bowling great is not based on how perfect you can throw the ball. It's based on how many mistakes you can get away with and still hit the pocket and carry. Find me a better overall ball than a 2.0 Black Widow. I'll wait here. (laughs) First off, David, I'm not sure that that's that's the point of bowling. I'm not, I'm not, I think you got it wrong there. That's number one. I think so. Number two, the 2.0 Black Widow. I mean, that's, you're going to die on that hill. That's it. Like out of all the balls ever you could choose, you that's the one you're going to choose and be like, show me a better one. I'm going to wait here. I Keep mean, I, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't going to take man. me long to get back with a, with a ball that's better than that. I don't know, bro. Don't die know hard, man. He's, Die hard, bro. All right, let's wrap this up. I'm exhausted. All right, final thoughts, Rob. My final thought is, who am I putting my money on this weekend? That's what I'm thinking about. I gave you the golden goose. I know. I was leaning towards Tommy Jones. I gave you my thoughts. What are the odds? I don't know. I haven't seen yet. They probably won't be out for a bit, but that's what I'm thinking about. Give me close even money on Kyle. That's where my money's going. I love you, Tommy, but sorry. 
right, no doubt. Um, so that's my, my final, final thought. thought. Uh, shout outs to an amazing bowler in this in in the bowling world. Um, Mr. Nine Hundred Glenn Allison um, bowled Mike seventieth USBC event seventy, and to see him still bowling. Gives me goosebumps, Mike, because I hope when I'm that age, I'll be able to still throw a bowling ball and still be alive. So, shout will out you still to be doing first the rack? Will you still be doing sweep the rack? You imagine us, 90 years old, doing sweep the rack? 90 years old, maybe. But, man, to the person who bowled the real first 900, Mr. Glenn Allison, shouts to you. Congrats. Recognize the man. How about that? Recognize the man. That would be amazing if USBC would would recognize him as the first 900. Good final thought, Rob. Yeah. All right, folks. That's it. If you're listening, thanks for listening. If you were here with us, thanks for hanging out. We always appreciate the people that show up and chop it up with us. Uh, Follow us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at the 215th. He's at BrooklynRob11. Hit us up through email. We've been getting a lot of emails lately. We love the emails. Love it. Try and get back to everybody. I, pers- I personally love the emails that tell me how people are going and trying sport bowling based on listening to the podcast. It's amazing. Continue to reach out to us. We love it. Uh, check out our website, Sweep the Rack Bowling. Uh, YouTube channel, Instagram, YouTube channel. Facebook. J- subscribe. Come on. You know, let's go. Subscribe. Help All us right. out. Help us out. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Rob, PBA playoff finals this weekend. PWBA starts later this week. We'll be back with the people next Wednesday to wrap it all up. Later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.